Hi, this is Ananda, President of the Hare Krishna Community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. So, let's get them out of the way. Me and my wife lived happily for 25 years, then we met. I didn't find out what happiness means until I got married, and then it was too late. Uh, Men marry women with a hope they will never change. Women marry men with a hope that they will change, and invariably they are both disappointed. A few more. Uh, The secret to to a happy marriage remains a secret. And love, the noun, a temporary insanity curable by marriage. And men who have a pierced ear are better prepared for marriage. They've experienced pain and bought jewelry. (laughs) And finally, uh, being married means mostly shouting, what? From other rooms. Okay, so that's out of the way. Now we can get serious. So Srila Prabhupada uh, and the Shastra talks about two kinds of marriages. One is grihasta and one is... And one is confirmed. One is Grihamedi. Okay, so this is a quote from Srila Prabhupada. There are two nomenclature for householders. One is Grihasta, like we just said. The Grihastas live together with wife and children, and their goal is realization of the absolute truth, the ultimate truth. The Grihamedis, being self-centered, live only for the benefit of family members, extended or centralized, and thus are envious of others. The word medhi indicates jealousy of others, right? So, you know, we, you know we, in America we have the saying, keeping up with the Joneses, you want to outdo your neighbor. Or in India, maybe keeping up with the Agarwals or the Patels or whatever. But you want to outdo the other person sometimes because of that, that idea of envy and I want to be better than someone else. Whereas the Grihasta, they're not, that, that whole mentality is not what they live for. Rather, they live for having a loving relationship with their children, with their wife, and together serving Krishna. So, we're going to make the assumption that... By the way, how many people here are married? Wow. How many of you are happily... No, no, don't... If you don't, if you don't raise your hand, you're in trouble. If you do raise your hand, you're in trouble. Okay, so we won't do that. So... Assuming that we want to be grihastas, we, we have a, that we're here, we've come to the temple, we, wa- we have some spiritual goal in mind uh, in our married life. So we know there's these four ashramas, right? Uh, the brahmachari ashram, the, the celibate student, right? And then the grihasta, married. And then the other thing is we don't, we don't talk so much about vanaprasta, but after you've been married some time and the children have grown up, Right? And you don't have so much responsibility, your child gets married. Uh, <clears throat> then the idea is you try to cut down on the material necessities, live a more simple life, and get prepared for the ultimate test, right? which is the time of death. As uh, Srila Prabhupada once said that when we turn 50, it's like Krishna is tapping us on the shoulder and reminding us we're not going to live forever. 
Uh, luckily, I'm not 50 yet. <laughs> and then for some people, they take, not everyone, it's not necessary for everyone to do so, but they take sannyas, which is a vow of a lifetime, the rest of their life dedicated to pursuing the absolute truth and uh, no longer living with, with the family. But we'll, we're going we're to focus on the Grihasta ashram here. Okay, now I will try to leave time for questions. So, um, so here's the overall principle. Now this is an assumption. I know some people may be here for the first time, and uh, so bear with us. But for those, uh, a lot of us have been coming regularly, and we're going to assume that you have a devotional inclination and want to be devotees, whether, whether you're a great, great devotee or in, in the, just over the threshold of bhakti, of devotional service, we want to be devotees. So I would say the, the, the first and foremost for people in that category is to treat each other as devotees. It's almost like husband and wife second, Vaishnava, which means male devotee, and Vaishnavi, female devotee, first and foremost. Because then these other quotes apply. We're not just marrying someone, and, uh, but, but the, the other person's a devotee. So here's some two statements. It's stated in the Bhagavatam that if one actually wants to be liberated, he must render service to devotees. That includes your spouse, if they're a devotee. It's so important to think of our spouse like that. Uh, and then Krishna says in the Adi Prana, a famous quote, that one who claims to be my devotee not really my devotee, but one who claims to be the devotee of my devotee is actually my devotee. Therefore, the devotees of the Lord are to be treated with all due respect. Right? And so therefore, I'd say that the first principle in a husband and wife relationship is respect. Right? Um, that the, the, you know, because we read a lot in the Shastra, in the traditional Shastra about the the wife having respect for the husband and, and serving the husband. This is a, you know, a, a tradition not only in India but all over the world that's you know, been of course somewhat lost and especially uh, in recent years also because sometimes husbands don't always act in a respectable way. Um, but it's also important to remember that the husband should also respect the wife. Uh, here's a quote from Srila Prabhupada and he says, to insult a chaste woman means to bring about disaster in the duration of life. Dushasan, a brother of Duryodhana, insulted Draupadi, an ideal chaste lady, and therefore the miscreant died untimely. So don't offend your wife, or else you, you may be like Dushasan. <laughs> Women, you can remember that sometime when they, you know, don't like your cooking or something. You say, remember what cooking? No. But, the, but seriously, the idea is that um, in any relationship, respect is important. Right? In any relationship. We, we learn from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, the incarnation of Krishna who appeared about a little over 500 years ago, that uh, a devotee is supposed to amanina manadena, right? It's supposed to give respect to everyone and not expect respect in return. Now that's harder in a marital relationship because you're living in the same place as that person and, and after the marriage you see not only all their good qualities but all their <laughs> qualities, right? But still, we, it's important to remain, maintain that mood of respect between husband and wife. Then 
then the children, they notice that. And then when they get married, they have the same respect. And we have generations after generations of uh, peaceful marriages. Not, you know, uh, peaceful marriages because they see that example of respect. Uh, so respect, I'd say, is like the pratishta or the basis of uh, any relationship and what to speak of a spousal, uh, between spouses. Um, and in a similar vein, uh, we should, we need, you know, we were, we were living in the same house as a person, there should be kindness and empathy. Empathy, you understand empathy? Empathy is, uh, is, uh, Prabhu, can I borrow your glasses? Your chasma? Yes. So empathy is when I stop trying to see the world just the way I see things, and I try to see the, uh, the world through another person's eyes. Thank you. Right? And really trying to understand the needs, the interests, the concerns of another person. Right? Because we're going to be married, to, let's say we get married at 25, it's likely we're going to be married to this person for many decades. Right? So some kindness, some uh, reciprocation should be there in, in a relationship. And similarly, trust. Right? Trust also means giving people a little space. Right? I, I often tell newly married couples that it's important that you have other friends. Right? The woman has other women friends, the man has other men friends. It's not that you're just dependent on each other all the time for you know, camaraderie, but we have... Uh, so trust is also giving each other some space and uh, trusting that uh, we'll do the right thing. And then, of course, for us here, that it's almost like uh, uh, a triangular relationship. It was funny uh, when my son and, uh, at that time, his fiance, her name is Janaki, uh, they met with Sachinanda Swami. He was in, uh, in visiting the place where the wedding was about to take place. So he met with them for about an hour and gave them some advice. And he said, the thing you have to remember is that there's three people in your relationship. And at first they were like, huh? Right? He said, yes, Krishna. Right? So you have, you have uh, your relationship with each other, but both of you are focused on serving Krishna. And the household takes on a whole different um, uh, characteristic when husband and wife's focus is, uh, is helping each other, being respectful, kind, trusting, in a mood of service to Krishna. It, it changes the whole dynamics in a relationship when we, we are helping each other serve our guru, serve Krishna. And it, then it, it, the whole mood in the house changes. It really, that's what changes it from Grihamedi to Grihasta. That mood of... Uh, of service, right? I remember uh, in India, you know, we often um, give houses a name, isn't it? Such and such Bhavan, such, right? Ashirvad. Ashirvad. Yeah. So uh, my, I remember when we, we built a small uh, bungalow in Vrindavan, uh, and so my wife and I, we named that uh, uh, Guru Seva Bhavan, that this is the house that where we serve our spiritual master by serving our spiritual master. Serve, serve Krishna. So that focus on service. And the reality is that any, like our relationship with Krishna, does it just say, do we just wake up one day and say, yeah, I love Krishna? 
Do we have to do anything or we just say, I love Krishna, no problem? There's so much service, there's so much sadhana. Sadhana means practice, right? We have to work on our relationship with Krishna. So similarly, I suggest that we also have to work on our relationship with our spouse. It, it, it's, it's a, love is not a noun, it's more like a verb. If we, if we watch Bollywood movies, I'm sure no one here watches Bollywood movies. Uh, or if we watch Hollywood movies, right? You, you know, uh, they, they all kind of think, oh, I just fell in love, right? It's like a noun, it's something that happens to you, right? But love is a verb, it's something you have to work on, right? It's, something, it's not something that, uh, just like in so many things, things don't remain stagnant. They either get worse or they get better. So in our relationship with our spouse, uh, even if we've been married, uh, who here has been married more than 30 years? Okay, me also, by the way. Yeah. I'm not just raising my hand. So is it something, Padma, is it, so, uh, is it something you, have, you worked on or is it just no problem? You worked on, all right. Yeah, it's 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 a it's an ongoing it's an ongoing thing. Still working on, still working on it, right? And how old's your husband? Ninety, and she's still working on it. Yes, and we and we, we should. Uh, Murari just had his ninetieth birthday recently, right? One of the great stalwarts of our community. So it is something that that we work on, right? Um, before I go any further, for any of you. What advice do you have about what makes a good marriage, especially in Krishna consciousness, besides what I've just spoken about? Anyone? Yes, Mataji? To be tolerant. Yes. Yes. And, we, and actually it comes up later, but yes. And Lord Chaitanya says to be tolerant like a tree. Right. Yes. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Yes. You, you give and take. It's not all my way or the highway. Otherwise, you end up on the highway <laughs> sometimes. Yes? When you have a dispute and angriness, just give in. <laughs> <laughs> when you have a dispute and angriness, just give in. And that's said by a male member of our gender. Yes, uh, Padma? Helps you, Helps you be humble. You have to be humble. Yes, okay, thank you. Yes? You have to be so patient. You have to be so patient. He said not just patient, so patient. <laughs> hey, I, well, we're hearing mainly from the men and the ladies don't have any complaints about... Yes? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Right, yes, forgiveness. Yes, Montage? To be commu Communication is important. Yes. Yes, you have... have a service-mindedness to each other. A service-mindedness to each other. We only covered that. Uh -huh. Particularly, when somebody is ill and all that, both people serve each other. When there's yes, and we depend on else. when they get when they get ill, we take care of them. We don't just say, "Good luck, I got to go to work." Right. Yes, sir. Yes, two words. Yes, dear. And did your wife tell you to say that? Faithfulness to be faithful. Yes. Un understanding each other. And does this actually happen or are you guys just talking theoretically now? <laughs> he said theoretically. <laughs> Where's your wife? <laughs> okay. So yes, it's, uh, it, it's... Thank you for all this wisdom. This is really, really helpful. So I, I also thought we might talk about some practical things. 
It's really important to have clear expectations. Now, for those of you who have been married 30 years, maybe it's a little late, but better late than never, to be clear about who's going to do the chores. What about money? Right? Is money ever a struggle in, in a marriage relationship? It should not be, but it, but it is sometimes, yes. Yeah. Your wife comes home with a new Lexus and she thanks you for the credit card. Yeah, right? But money is important. Uh, the level of intimacy, we won't get into details about that, but having a similar understanding about that. How we're going to bring up our children, right, is, a, is an important thing. Uh, relationship with the in-laws, right? Yeah, because my mother, my wife is not a mother-in-law now, she's a monster-in-law. Right? Yeah. So, uh, she's not here now, I can say it. Yeah. Don't, any, don't any of you repeat that. But seriously, right, in-laws, especially um, we see in, uh, in traditional Indian families, the, uh, the mother of the groom is trying to teach the uh, wife, no, he doesn't like uh, Loki Sabji. This, that, right? And she, you know, anyway, it's, uh, it's always an interesting rasa sometimes between uh, mother-in-laws. And that's why Prabhupada once told us a story that um, you, he said, if you're smart, you teach the daughter-in-law by teaching your daughter. You follow the daughter-in-law is in the room, but you tell your daughter, no, 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 you don't do this, you do like this. And the daughter-in-law is listening. Right? He's a little chalu, but yeah. Okay. So anyway, this idea, and because clarity is really important. I mean, in my job, in my regular job at work, one of the biggest causes of conflict is just unclear expectations. Right? The, the boss has a different expectation than the employee has, and then there's a conflict. Right? So similarly in marriage, it's good to get these things kind of clear. And even if 30 years down the road still, if you haven't clarified a few things, uh, I'm, after this class, I'm going to talk to my wife and clarify a few things. So let's talk about how to get along with each other. Now, we have already got some brilliant ideas here. And this one came up already twice. The, the tolerant. And not just tolerate like, you know, we also are tolerate when we go to the dentist. <laughs> right? but actually tolerate with some affection, right? And, and someone said, be patient, right? Because, you know, things, we're, we're, yeah, be patient. And have anyone ever tried to change other people? It, it's not an easy thing, is it, right? So one of the best advices I ever heard a person give about marriage is usually we're thinking about what the other person's not doing right, right? Right? So why not focus on what we're not doing so well in the relationship and try to do that better and not worry so much about what the other person... Now, if we both do that, it can really make for a more peaceful uh, family life. Tune to the others. Better to tune to the others. Yes. Uh, and therefore, avoiding the finger-pointing, right? And... And we, said, we spoke about this already, but again, to see our spouse first and foremost as, as a devotee, and even as Krishna's arrangement. Krishna so kindly has arranged for me to have this husband, to it's have this wife. And uh, now I have this responsibility uh, to take care of them, to serve them, etc. This is Krishna's arrangement. And to see Krishna's hand in things. 
right? And not just saying, oh, my husband's like that, my wife's like that, but to remember the, the Krishna factor. When, uh, a, a group of us, my friends uh, in Vrindavan, we used to talk about uh, our lives, and we used to say, don't forget the blue boy factor. Right? Don't forget that Krishna, the blue boy, Krishna has his hand in our life. And uh, instead of lamenting something or hankering for something, try to see what does Krishna want. So we know, we have an idea in, in a family life what Krishna wants. Right? He wants us to have respect, have affection, bring up children in a peaceful and a Krishna conscious uh, um, environment. Right? You know, children, we, we tell them so many things to do, but children have this amazing like hypocrisy radar. Right? They know when parents are telling them one thing and doing something else. Right? So one of the best things you can do in bringing up your children is just to be happy in Krishna consciousness yourself. Because they pick up on that. Krishna consciousness is caught as much as it's taught. And when they see their parents happily serving Krishna and, and getting along with each other, in the back of their mind they say, that's a good example for me to follow. And you know, it's, uh, you know for me it just seems like yesterday my son was born and now he's 27 and married. So this happens, the generations come and go quickly. So we want to have our next generation. So think, think of uh, a lot of your children and grandchildren are going to be sitting here listening to Katas 50 years from now. Right? And we want them to be building up upon our good example in their lives. Uh, I thought I would, uh, let me see what time it is. Okay, I thought I'd touch upon this a little bit. So the tradition... Uh, the, the Vedic tradition is uh, that there's actually eight different kinds of different kinds of marriages, right? Um, everything from like Krishna did with Rukmini, or the Rakshasha marriage where he kidnapped her and and took her away, and there was the standard one that we still see in India, although it's becoming less, of the um, uh, parents coming together and uh, arranging in a marriage. But interestingly, they would first do an astro astrological chart, right? Actually, the arranged marriages in Indian tradition or Vedic tradition were much nicer than the arranged marriages in the West. You see, there were arranged marriages in the West until relatively recently. About 150 years ago, they started becoming less and less. And they were mainly based on finances. <laughs> Right? We would come together, have so many children because we can take care of the farm. Or in, in a higher society, you know, you'd make peace between two warring uh, countries by marriage and things like that. They were, but at least in the Vedic tradition, that might have been one consideration. But one of the main considerations was doing an astrological chart and seeing if they were compatible mm -hmm. and if they were going to have a happy marriage. So they were also concerned about the, the happiness of the couple, not just stopping a war or making more money. Right, um, and so if that can be done today, you know, my marriage was basically arranged. You know, so the idea of an arranged marriage is you 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 may not fall in love, but you develop love as as you're married. Um, but but you know things have and and often the tradition was, and even up till fifty five or sixty years ago, right, the women would be the main uh, caregiver of the children and taking care of the house. Uh, anyone ever saw the TV show Fathers Knows Best? 
right? That's, that's, you know, that's what it was, even in America, what to speak of in India. But now, you know, things have changed. But lots of times people need, especially living in a place like Washington, D.C., you need two incomes often, right? And often women have uh, careers as well as men. So um, really, whether it's a traditional or whether it's adjusted according to uh, what's going on in the world today, the real thing, I think, is falena um, parachiate. Um, what does that mean? Thank you. You judge by the result. So if a, so if a traditional marriage, and that's, people are happy and fantastic. If it's more, you know, uh, egalitarian. So there's these two things, complementary and egalitarian. Complementary is you complement each other. You do different jobs in the, in jobs in the relationship, but it complements. And egalitarian is, you know, both share with the children raising, both share with making money, things like that. Whatever works that makes you Krishna conscious, that's ultimately the, the goal. Srila Prabhupada had some affinity for the traditional, but he also, in, in counseling individual devotees, would basically say, you know, what works? So I, that's, I just wanted to touch upon that a little bit. So let's talk about some practical suggestions, and then we'll take questions or comments. Um, doing service together is a very nice thing doing some service together for Krishna. Having an altar in your home, whether it's a deities or whether it's a picture of Krishna uh, and, and your guru and things like that, and devotees here, if you don't have one, we can help you set them up. Uh, it's very nice because ultimately we want the idea that this home, this is Krishna's home. In a very exalted consciousness, one of our great teachers, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, whose painting is over there, uh, he said that, Krishna, this is your home. And I'm just like a servant in the home. Right? And therefore, all the food that's brought into the home, they, they, we, uh, devotees avoid, they don't eat that until they first offer it to Krishna. So to make sure that all the food that we're eating is prasad or the mercy of the Lord by being first offered to the Lord. Um, spending some time reading scriptures together or chanting together, it's very nice. Uh, Prabhupada would say, ideally, in the morning and evening, the family comes together for some kirtan, like that. Uh, and talking together, taking prasadam together, having some time alone, oh, that, not al- that should say alone, right? You know, especially when we start having children, a lot of it gets caught up with taking care of the kids, so, but finding some time when we can still talk to each other. These are practical things. Um, be, having a balanced life, and being regulated, right? It's nice to try to take rest at the same time every day, wake up in the morning, have some spiritual practices in the morning, like that, uh, and having a balanced life. Uh, um, it's hard sometimes, right? We, anyone here have bosses that send you emails or text messages after work hours? Not too many, wow, That's, you're lucky, right? Because sometimes now with, uh, with emails and things, people, your boss can contact you all the time and you can be up till 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock sometimes doing work. I've seen that happen. Right, so having, and having some time for laughter. Right? Prabhupada had a, one, a very good sense of humor. And it, I think having a good sense of humor and not taking things too seriously. Right? There's, I can't remember the Sanskrit, but there's a saying about the, the fights between a husband and wife should be taken not so, you know, seriously. Oh, by the way, as a small thing, big mistake, if your friend comes up to you and says, oh, my husband or my wife, you know, is such a blah, 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 and you agree with them, 
that's not a good idea because they'll make up with their wife but they'll remember that you criticized her so don't do that uh, and take things one day at a time a few more practical suggestions again we talked about this and also it's important to you know use uh, technology wisely you see this stuff makes a great servant and a terrible master right so you sometimes find in homes today where the children are, uh, they say, well, I'll, I'll, they're, they're eating their dinner in front of their computer. And the only way you can talk to your kids is if you text them, even though they're in the next room. Right? And things like that. Or, or watching TV, is that a wise thing to do? Do you really, is it really good use of your time? Or how much TV? Right? Technology is, is something really to come together with husband and wife and decide. Because it can take over your life. Isn't it? Right? Yeah. And also, it's important that our homes become the places where we can invite others for dinner, for lunch, and have, and if possible, if the house is big enough to have guests. So it's not so much like just ours, but it's, it's a place of service. It's a place of service. And a place of seva. Service means... Uh, and it's important for householders to get in the mood of giving donations. Now, some people, I know some people say, well, I'm just starting my career. But even if you give a dollar a week, you somehow or other just get in the habit of, it's the Grihasta's duty to give uh, donations. So when, uh, so when my son was getting married last week, um, there were a lot of, my brother came, he lives locally, uh, he's not a devotee of Krishna, he's a lawyer, and uh, and my wife's family came. They're not devotees. He had, she comes from a big family in Ireland. So like 20 of them came. And she no, they both noticed, not in a critical way, but they both noticed that sometimes the, uh, the priest, the devotee, his name is Kripamoya Prabhu, disciple of Prabhupada, would often say things like, uh, you know, may you be very wealthy, may you have many riches, you know, things like that. And they, they were asking, like, why is that? Why, why is money so important? Right? But the, in the traditional culture... The Grihastas were the only ones who dealt with money. The Brahmacharis, the students, the Vanaprasas, you know, hopefully they had something left over, the sannyasis, just lived on donations. So the Grihastas were the economic engine of the whole society. So when they had money, more money, they could give, they could pay taxes, so people were you know, taken care of, their roads were built, etc., etc., and they could take care of people in need. So it was actually uh, a duty to try not to be greedy for oneself, but in order to really serve society. So that mood, so even if we don't have a lot of money, getting in the mood of giving is a very healthy, very healthy thing. And uh, I won't read that, but the last thing I'll leave you with before questions is uh, some real wisdom from one of our previous United States presidents. Uh, Jimmy Carter and he said that he's been married 70 years he's in his 90s and he said that the two secrets were that he never goes to sleep angry they work things out before they take rest and one of the reasons they can work things out is that they read the Bible together every single night before they go to bed and he said it's really hard to maintain your anger when you're reading the Bible together <laughs> So whether it's the Bible or reading the Bhagavad Gita or the Srimad Bhagavatam or the Chaitanya Charitamrita, 
Uh, this is some interesting wisdom from a, a, a president of the United States who's been married for 70 years. So what questions, comments do you have? Yes? Uh, we don't have, we, you know, because of the flood, we only have one mic, but I'll repeat it. Talk about anger? Oh, here's a microphone. Hold on, we do have a microphone. Yeah, so when you talk about anger, how much anger can be detrimental? It's explained in Gita, Bhagavan Krishna. Mm. Krishna says, Krodho Bhavati, Sambhavata, Smati Vibramaha, Smati Brahmasada, Buddhi Naso, Buddhi Nasatanashati. Correct. So please explain that. He also says, Kama Esha, Krodha Esha, Rajaguna Samudbhavaha. Mahasana Mahapatma. Right? So yes, anger is um, born out of the mode of ignorance. Uh, first there's calm, we have some selfish desire, and when that's not fulfilled, then we become angry. Therefore, kama esha, kroda esha. Kama means selfish desire, and kroda means anger. Correct? So, um, Before that particular shloka, okay. the most shloka I did, Jayato Vishayan, Sangha 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 Yes. <laughs> that, that's a, yes. So, so yes, he, Prabhuji is making the point that the verse before that, Jayato Visayapunsang, Sangasteshu Bijayate, Sangha Sanjayate Kama, Kama Krodho Bijayate, Krodho Bhavati Samaha, and then like the verse you say, yes. So there's this progression. And, and you're rightfully pointing out that Dhyayato, Dhyayato means to meditate, Dhyayato Visayapunsang, on, on sense objects, on our own pleasure. What's the next line? Sangha Yeah, Sangha We become attached. Attached. Right. And then from attachment, it gets further. So the idea... So, so the answer, yes, and then Kama Krodha. So the idea is to try to catch ourselves. Right? When we start seeing ourselves going into material consciousness, when we start seeing uh, our, that anger starting to arise, to try to... Uh, nip it in the bud. Maybe it's good to take up our japa mala and chant one round, right? Or remember, read one verse of the Bhagavad Gita, or even just take a few deep breaths. But you know, because uh, usually it's we often take out our anger on someone else, and often it's our spouse because they're the closest person, <laughs> right? Isn't it? So if if at all possible. Uh, we try, you know, you know be, there's, a, there's a stimulus and there's a response. There's something that makes us upset and then we react in an angry way. So what Krishna tries to tell us in the Gita is to put a pause between the stimulus and the response. And to think of him, to calm down, uh, and to uh, try to remain acting in a kind and trustworthy way even when 
the mode of passion, the mode of ignorance is trying to control us in another way. Is that okay? It's a very good... Do you have any other secrets of success? You can have a pillow and you can hit the pillow a few times. You know, something like that. But to somehow to, uh, uh, to calm down. Because we do sometimes take out our frustrations on uh, the people we love the most. Right? Did you have your hand up? Okay, uh, well, can I go? I'll go, okay, yeah, go. This young man and then. Oh, your parents. Okay. And what is it that you have a lot with your parents? Like, to me it seems like when I I do something wrong, they they make it in a big way. When you do something wrong, they make a big thing out of it. So, what what I just thought was, was a good way to calm down. Like, is to do something that has a little, like, where you can focus your mind on that, and then when you do that, you forget what happens. Okay, so you distract your mind to something else. Yes. What does your parents think of that? Sometimes they get annoyed. Okay. You should learn some Bhagavad Gita shlokas and quote those to them. No. <laughs> Sounds like. Thank you very much for that guidance. Yes, over here. Hare Krishna Prabhu, thank you for wonderful class about the uh, As you mentioned, like we all, I mean, I always forget uh, spouse or whatever, devotees. You mentioned like we need to think them as a devotee. Yes. And also. Be in service more. Yes. And also, there is a hand in Krishna. Yes. Thank you, bro. It's really. <laughs> yeah, so it's, these are ways to, you know, smart of satatam vishnu. We should always try to remember Krishna. So remember that this spouse that I have, this wife, this husband, is a gift from Krishna. Some of the ladies we're hearing from all the men so far. Ladies have questions or comments? Yes, uh, Rambaru, way in the back. Is it working? Is it on? There we go. Okay. Well, behavioral scientists say something interesting about anger and fighting in spouses. That uh, one of the reasons why people engage in spousal abuse has a lot to do with not being able to name or acknowledge that these are my emotions. So, for example, um, when I'm angry, it's really helpful and disarming to anger to say, or first of all, acknowledge that I'm angry rather than you've made me angry, mm. and take ownership of my feelings. And, and to be able to say, I'm feeling angry, at first in your mind, to be aware, I'm, I'm really feeling angry, and to be able to name it. And you might even say, instead of punching someone out or throwing <laughs> a plate at them, I'm really angry right now, you know, and, and maybe we need to talk and take a break, take a walk, and I'll come back to this conversation a little bit later. I need to think about it. But nice. that seems to be very disarming to the, the reactive 
uh, emotions, to be able to name it. It doesn't have that much power over you if you can acknowledge it as your own. Very good, thank you. Also, uh, anger is, a, is a considered a secondary emotion, just exactly. like Krishna says in the Gita, he says, kama esha, krota esha. Just like, imagine if um, your child is supposed to be home at nine o'clock, and they come home at 11 o'clock, right? And you're pretty angry, right? But usually the first emotion is you feel some relief that they're safe. And then anger comes. Or if somebody cuts you off in traffic, you're angry, you may be angry, then your first emotion usually is fear. And anger is usually a second, that's what Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, that it's a secondary emotion. So, yeah, being, being self-aware enough to be able to name it and say, I'm really upset right now, maybe we shouldn't talk. Yeah, and to be able to see, ask to yourself name. what's underneath the anger. Yeah. It's usually hurt or fear or something. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Other, other questions or comments? Yes, Wu. The uh, microphone is uh, here. Can we pass the mic? Yes, pass the mic. It's coming, Wu. It's like a, a relay race. So when my wife is angry, I leave. Acha. <laughs> For how long? For about half an hour. Oh, acha. Not like weeks or months or something like that. No. Okay. And when I'm angry and if I raise my voice, she starts chanting loudly. And... The Nishwinger prayers or...? And then you really can't. You can't remain angry so much, right? Good. Yeah, so every, I think every um, good couple has some trick. Uh, my wife and I, we have this thing where, you know, when you get angry, you start, at least I do this, I kind of, my, my, I grit my teeth a little bit. You know, like, I get, you know, a little, like, tense in my jaw. And so, we just have a thing where we say, grit teeth, grit teeth, and then we kind of laugh. And, yeah. We've ever, actually never really had a fight so far, knock on wood, in 30 years. But that's because I followed your advice, Prabhu. What was your advice? Behind you, behind you. Yes? Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Yeah, I followed that advice. No fight. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, our scholar. Uh, you have to turn that on again. Uh, you have to press the thing a little bit. Uh, yeah, the last comment. So far, uh, I never thought I'm a Krishna devotee. But today you made things simple for me. Now I'm thinking I'm a devotee because I'm your devotee. You are a true devotee, so it's easy for me now. Um, so, yes, but, but you know, I really wanted to make sure that we focus enough on the spirituality on this. And it's so nice. If we think of our spouse as a devotee, first and foremost, then it's like, oh, if I, I'm taking out the garbage, I'm serving a devotee. I'm cooking a meal for my family, I'm serving devotees. Right, it becomes, it's just so easy that way. Thank you for that, for coming. I have one more comment to I, I don't, I, I hear a voice, but I don't see a... Uh, right here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I believe that when you are anger, forgiveness will change bitterness to love. Very nice. And you've read that on your phone? <laughs> Very smart, smartphone. Sometimes people understand better than I do. 
Other, we still have a couple of minutes. If you, uh, if anyone has anything else, otherwise we can quit while we're still ahead, while we're ahead. But any last question? Oh yes, one of the ladies uh, passed the baton. One, one thing wait, 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 she's going first. Thank you, um, your class really resonated with me. Um, my question is, how does one balance one's own needs, one's spouse's needs, and the family's needs? Like, it's always a challenge in a, in a successful marriage, how do you balance that? Well, I can't remember who it was, but I think one of the ladies that talked, I think in the back one of the ladies mentioned communication. You know, and it's really just, in, it's so, uh, important that we have that kind of communication. The communication is one of uh, give and take. It's kind of like we want to balance courage and consideration, meaning our needs and the other person's needs. It's not, especially, you know, it's not a question of just giving into everything or demanding everything, but finding that balance. And then there's a third person you mentioned, the children, right? You know, um, like that. And, and sometimes it's also a question of prioritizing our needs. Right? And a lot of things are give and take. Right? Like, uh, it could be a big conversation, for example, a big negotiation. Um, where are we going to go on holiday? Right? Are we going to go to a spiritual? Are we, let's say we go to India. Well, how much time do we spend with the family and how much time do we spend in the holy place? That could, that could be a conflict, right? Right? Or, and the children want to go to, children want to go to Disneyland. Right? So how do we, you know, so it's, it's not that there's a specific formula, but there's a, uh, a mood of give and take. Um, and, I, oh, he left, Dwaita Prabhu was saying, uh, what was the word he said? Not compromise. Uh, I just had it and now it just slipped away. Um, sacrifice. sacrifice, yeah. That, we're, that we are ready to make sacrifices uh, for the family. But again, that even that has to be done intelligently, right? Because if you're always sacrificing, sacrifice, sometimes uh, just giving in, giving in, you, you end up being resentful, right? So hopefully the communications are such where you can honestly hear the other person's needs and also express your needs. And then it's also a question of a hierarchy of needs. Like maybe some of you remember studying Maslow in uh, college or in high school, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So sometimes we talk about, um, uh, let's say in, in Krishna consciousness, we talk about physical needs, uh, emotional needs, and spiritual needs, right? And we want to uh, try to balance all of those. Uh, Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur also talked about balancing these in, 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 in Grihasta life. But, but if, if, if you know what it's like when things are out of balance, right? If it's only physical needs and there's no emotional or spiritual, right? Or if it's just so spiritual that, you know, we're broke and we're having dry chapatis every third day, right? That's, right, so finding that balance, but keeping, but remembering that really if we, if we have to remember to nourish the spiritual, because when the spiritual is strong, and, and I don't just mean, you know, like, okay, chant your rounds, young man, you know, but, but we're really trying to develop our love for Krishna, um, then it can have, if we do it in a sane way, it can have a very wonderful trickle-down effect on the emotional and the physical. Is that all right? Yes, thank you. Okay, good luck.
And one last thing we have here, yes? Yeah, one last thing from my side. Uh, one very nice suggestion that is there is that use technology wisely. Use technology wisely, yeah, it's a good idea. But unfortunately, the technology is being misused and abused this morning. Technology and is being misused and abused. The you know separation of the family songs of these days, that's what I find. Yeah. So what is your suggestion how to you know, get up? Because this is more and more now, even uh. in India. Yeah, you you you, you probably have anyone anyone ever been to a restaurant or you were seen been to seen a restaurant and the two people sitting for, across from each other are like this. Right from a child. Right? You see that? You know, you're like I don't know, I don't know, dinner with your spouse or your boyfriend girl, and it's just like, right? And uh, yeah, so it it becomes a it's a very good servant and a terrible master, as I said before. So we do have to really. Um, be careful about our Very use of technology. I find even yeah. the kids and all that. Even yeah. when they come to the temple also, they come to this and they go on, keep on this. Yes. It's, and it's almost like you want, to, you want to show the world you're having a good time by Instagram instead of actually having a good time. <laughs> right? You go on a trip to Europe, but really you're, you know, you're just taking pictures of everything so you can show everyone you're having such a good time in Europe. So that's the Grihan Medi. Remember we talked about the envy in the very beginning? That's the envious thing. So we, we let our, our, our virtual life live our life. So let's not do that. Let, let's let Krishna live our life. So thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Thank you.